Welcome to Craft Life, episode 17, Bumps in the Road. In this episode, we'll discuss how to handle unforeseen creative challenges. I have a recipe for one of my favorite warm winter beverages, there will be details on Adam's knitting request. And I'm joined by a special guest in this week's song. All this coming up in this episode of Craft Life, the podcast all about living the creative life. Hello and welcome to everyone out there listening today. Hello, all of you returning listeners. Thank you so much for coming back. And hello and a special welcome to any new listeners we have out there. Well, it is crunch time for Ebenezer Scrooge. This is the musical I've been doing the music direction for, and we open the day after Thanksgiving. Today is Sunday, and we open Friday. Things are finally starting to gel. If you've ever been a part of a theater production of any kind, you know that you go through a period of rehearsal and, and fixing problems and, and people forgetting lines and music not quite sounding right. And then sometime in the last week, things start to come together and you start to finally see what the whole project is going to look like. And that is about where we are. Things are finally starting to gel. We are five days away from opening four days away from having a full audience at our final dress rehearsal, which is on Thanksgiving. We're three days away from a partial audience dress rehearsal the day before Thanksgiving, so we're basically there. Now, it's not been without its drama, as any, any group project will have its drama, but I will have to say there has been relatively little drama in this production. I am still very much stretched for time. We were asked to work overtime at work last week, so that on top of the final week of rehearsals, it's really been kind of crazy around here, but I'm thankful to have a little bit of time today that I can sit down and put together episode 17 for you, so we are just going to jump right on into the essay for today. I have a fairly small batch of UFOs, unfinished objects of the knitting variety. At some point in the journey of creating each one of these items, I hit a bump in the road. I ran out of yarn, or the project began taking a strange shape, or the pattern directions led me to be suspicious of the final outcome. Bumps in the road or unforeseen happenings are a fair possibility in any creative endeavor, and we have three options when deciding how to address them. The first option we have is to just continue on as if nothing happened, either ignoring the bump entirely or owning it. Let's say you cast on a plain stockinette sweater. About eight inches into the body, you realize that you are missing a stitch. The pattern said to cast on 168 stitches, but you seem to only have cast on 167. Missing that one stitch is probably not going to make a big difference in the fit of the sweater, so you just keep knitting, ignoring that bump in the road. Other times, you may choose to own the unexpected turn your project takes. I cast on a preemie hat recently. 
I was knitting in the round and started the brim of the hat in a two-by-two rib. As I began to work my second round, I discovered that while the number of stitches I had cast on was divisible by two, it was not divisible by four, so my knit and purl stitches were alternating every other row. I chose to just keep knitting as the pattern was developing, deciding that I had already knit enough two-by-two rib brims, and this hat was going to be something different. Some of the ladies in my knitting group refer to these little unforeseens as features, as in something purposefully set apart. I love that idea. Another option that is available to us is to regroup, modify, and adjust. Perhaps you take a little bit off the length of the bottom of your sweater in order to have enough yarn to finish the sleeves. This modifying option seemed the best choice when we hit a little snag this week in our preparations for the musical Ebenezer Scrooge. For various personal reasons, one of our cast members resigned from the show, leaving us with a hole in the cast a week before opening. After weighing the options, the director decided that instead of casting someone new to fill that hole, we would divide the missing actor's parts among the rest of the cast. The play is designed in such a way that each actor plays a variety of parts, so we regrouped, modified, and adjusted, resulting in a show that is now even better than it was to begin with. One of the best examples of modifying and adjusting I have come across is in the form of Pearl Fryer. Pearl Fryer is a topiary sculptor in Bishopville, South Carolina, and the subject of the 2006 documentary, A Man Named Pearl. I had the great fortune of visiting his garden a few years ago, and it is absolutely stunning. This man seems to be able to command plants to take just about whatever shape he chooses. Most of his sculptures are full of beautiful curves and are quite abstract. When asked why he did not do more lifelike sculptures, he replied that if he were to accidentally make a mistake with one of his topiaries, he could just re-envision it and make a few adjustments. But accidentally cutting off the trunk of an elephant? That would be a little more difficult to fix. Of course, if Mr. Fryer did accidentally chop off the elephant's trunk, he may go for the third option getting rid of the obstacle, or starting over. This is the point at which the sketch artist pulls out her eraser, when the glass blower melts down that imperfect bowl, and when the knitter takes a deep breath and starts to rip back. This is often the last resort decision when options one and two have already been considered, but it is certainly a legitimate option and often the one that leads to the best results. In my early knitting days, I absolutely hated the idea of undoing stitches that I had worked so hard on. But sometimes, it's what needs to be done. So don't fear the frog. He is your ally and will help steer you towards an even better finished project. No matter which option you choose when dealing with creative curveballs, try not to get frustrated. Creative endeavors are not without their challenges, and we can take the opportunity to learn from every new bump that comes our way. What does that mean? It means we're going to Vermont. Oh, boy! Oh. Might not be bad at that, you know, the snow-covered slopes, skiing. Christianas and the stemming and the potsing and the shushing. Hot buttered rum, light on the butter, and snow. 
That clip is from White Christmas, starring Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye, Rosemary Clooney, and Vera Ellen. This is a great holiday movie. If you haven't seen it yet, I recommend that you rent it this holiday season. Um, it's, it's just such a classic. This is the first place that I heard of today's recipe, which is hot buttered rum. Mm, this is my favorite, favorite winter beverage. I, I just can't get enough of it. The first place I ever tried a hot buttered rum was in Nevada. Adam and I had gone out to visit his family and we'd gone skiing, snow skiing. This was Adam's first time going snow skiing and it was a great day. It was a very cold day and of course, for people who don't snow ski regularly, by the end of the day we were pretty tired and very cold and we headed up the mountain to a little restaurant which if you just imagine a tiny restaurant in the middle of a snow-covered mountain that you were skiing on. I mean, that is what this restaurant was. You walked in, they had a giant fire pit in the middle of the room, 360 degree access to the fire. We sat at the table right next to it and it was so warm and cozy and it was just perfect. And that is where I first tried hot butter rum. That was their specialty, special drink of the day. And it was so good. And so of course, when I got home, First thing I did was look up recipe to make on my own. There are a lot of different versions for hot butter rum mix recipes. Um, some that are pretty much just butter and some that have a little extra added, which is the recipe that, that has come to be my favorite. It, it's got a combination of ice cream and butter and brown sugar and white sugar, cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, cloves. Oh, it's so good tasting and so not good for you, but so are most of my favorite recipes. So I will have a link to this recipe up on the show notes at treacleandinketsy.wordpress.com and you can go there and get the recipe and give it a try yourself. And leave me a comment in the show notes if you do get a chance to try out this recipe and let me know if you like it. And now it's time for a giveaway. Are you ready? Are you ready for another contest? Today, we have up for grabs two copies of Hello Kitty Online Premium Edition. Now, this is not a very knitterly giveaway prize, um, but this might make a very nice Christmas present for you or for the Hello Kitty fan that you know. These are two, um, they are the same game. These are two PC games. Um, they do require Windows 2000 XP or Vista and at least 512 megabytes of RAM to run. Um, this is an online game. The descriptor of this game on the back of the box says, Hello Kitty Online is the official MMOG of Hello Kitty. It's a new massively multiplayer online game set in a magical world featuring Hello Kitty and many other Sanrio characters. Join your friends and travel to exciting places like London, Tokyo, and Paris. Interact with other players, as well as Sanrio characters like Hello Kitty, Bats Maru, Karopi, My Melody, and more. Now, all you have to do to enter into this giveaway is to go to the show notes for this episode, episode 17, on the blog at treacleandinketsy.wordpress.com and leave me a comment. 
You can leave any comment that you like, um, but please make it nice. Yes, and you will be entered to win one of these two copies of the PC version of Hello Kitty Online. Now, this contest is going to run until December 1st because I would like to be able to get it into the mail to the winners in time for Christmas, if that is what you're choosing to do with with your winnings. Um, so by uh, by midnight of December 1st, midnight Central Standard Time, that's my time. Um, so yes, if you just have your comment left before then, you will be entered into the drawing. This will be done by random number generator, and I will just go by by the number of the comments. So if you're third comment, you are number three. Again, this giveaway is for one of two copies, so you, the winner doesn't get two copies. There are two copies and two winners of Hello Kitty Online, and this is rated E for everyone for comic mischief. So it's it's pretty much safe for the whole family. So head on over and leave me a comment in the show notes for this episode and enter for your chance to win. Even though it has been crazy busy around here, there has been knitting happening. Of course. First of all, I was the lucky winner of the Clothed in the Lamb first year Podiversary giveaway. I was so excited. I was listening to Janine's uh, most recent episode, and when she announced that I was the winner, I thought, no way, but way. And she kindly, kindly shipped me a sweater's worth of Filatura di Crosa Fancy Tiffany yarn. I'm hoping I'm saying that correctly. This is a DK weight, 44% cotton, 39% rayon, and 13% nylon, and 1% polyester blend. It's full of reds and whites and golds and one tiny little sliver of silver. And Janine was kind enough to throw in a pattern as well. And I went with the pattern that she thought would go best with this because I'm, I'm smart. I know I'm a new knitter and Janine is an expert. And I'm going to defer to her judgment on what sweater pattern would match this yarn. And um, she sent that along to me as well. It is the Gypsy Sweater on Ravelry. It is a sleeveless sort of tank style with a with a nice little drapey neckline, and I'm I'm very excited about knitting that up. Haven't started that yet, but it is definitely in the queue. Now, in terms of things that I have been working on, I have been doing some serious stash busting with a blanket. I've been just going through my stash, pulling out any machine washable partial skeins and leftovers that I have from projects past, from projects that that have since been frogged, just anything that, that I have left over that I know that I'm not going to be using for, you know, I don't have any kind of projects in mind for this yarn. And um, and I started with a, with a three-stitch garter tab. You know, like you would start a triangle shawl. This is the way that I started working the Ishbel. You cast on three stitches and then you knit in garter stitch for six rows. And then you turn the, the little tab you turn it 90 degrees and you pick up three stitches along the side and then you turn it another 90 degrees and pick up the three stitches that you cast on. And this is how you would start the sweater. But I just went ahead and picked up the other three stitches so that I had, uh, I have a nice little square and I'm just working around the perimeter of the square and I'm doing a make one at the end of each side of the square. So it's getting progressively larger. And as I step back and look at the squares that, that I've made so far, um, the squares seem to be twirling. They're kind of twisting as they go out. So in my mind, this was going to make a, a perfect square. And it was going to be, 
it was just going to be square after square after square. But but as I'm knitting it, you know, it's it's actually kind of becoming squares that are spiraling, which I think is going to turn out to to look pretty pretty neat. Um, so I'm just working a skein of yarn until it runs out, and then I'm switching to a new skein of leftovers. And um, yeah, and it's coming along pretty well. This is not a project that I am in a hurry to finish. It's just going to be one of those that I can keep working on and just until I run out of yarn or I can hold on to and just continue to add new scraps to as I as I procure scraps because I know I will be procuring more scrap yarn. <laughs> In addition to the stash busting blanket, I am working on Adam's special request and I promised that I would give you details on his special request in this episode, and so I shall. Adam asked for a pair of long gloves that looked like dragon scale armor. Now, these gloves are very specific. They needed to be mittens over his pinky and ring and middle finger. That needed to be like a mitten. However, over his forefinger and thumb, those two fingers needed to be like gloves. Now, they also needed to be able to be left bare because he's wearing these gloves um, in his man cave. It gets a little chilly, and that's where he plays a lot of his video games. And so he wanted something to keep his hands warm. So he needed to be able to leave his forefinger and thumb bare so that he can work his controller. So all of this he tells me he's wanting in his perfect pair of gloves. And so thus the plan for the Dovahkiin gauntlets was born. First, I purchased some yarn. I brought home a few different types of yarn for him to choose from. Like I said, it needed to be something that was pretty warm. And the yarn that he has settled on is Lustrous Extra Fine Merino Wool DK by Sublime Yarns. And I picked up colorways 295 and 292. This is a very dark gray, kind of a steely gray colorway, and then also a reddish copper. He's wanting the dragon scale armor of his gauntlets to be the steely gray color. And then the mitten part for the hand is going to be kind of the reddish copper color. This uh, lustrous extra fine merino wool DK, it's a 67% merino and 33% nylon. And this yarn makes me think of sausage because the nylon is, is kind of like a sausage casing. It just goes around the outside of the yarn and it's stuffed with merino wool. So when you hold the yarn up and look at it, it it's just kind of, the nylon looks kind of membrane-y around the merino wool. But when you knit it, Oh, it looks so nice. It, the nylon really gives gives this yarn a nice metallic sheen, which is exactly what he was looking for. Next, um, how do you knit something that looks like dragon scales? This began my quest. This is where I learned the short rows. I uh, went on to the, the techniques forum on Ravelry and just asked people. I posted a picture of the of some a sweater I had found online. Um, it's a designer sweater and there were no instructions as to how he was able to get those dragon scales on that sweater. But this is kind of what I was going for and so many people were kind enough to throw out their ideas and I settled on short, short rows and that seems to be working pretty well. So as soon as I figured out short rows were going to be it, then I began to swatch and swatch and swatch some more and measured Adam's arms. I think I measured maybe nine different places on his arms. And I have to say that Isolde's class and Knittermath, those two things have really helped me um, come up with, with the pattern idea for this. I'm writing it down as I go along um, for two reasons. One, because once I finish one gauntlet, I need to know how to make the second one and it will be a lot easier just to follow the pattern. 
Um, and two, I would like to have a record of it because if it turns out well, I will post it up on the blog for, for anyone and everyone who would like to knit them a pair to do so. So that is what I've been working on. And it's definitely taking some time. Um, like I said, I've swatched and swatched and swatched, and I don't know how many times I have ripped back this gauntlet as I figured out things and, and how to work out bugs. Adam's request is a pretty tall order, but I really want to rise to the challenge and to come up with something pretty neat. So I rip and I re-knit and I rip and I re-knit and it does get easier. So in honor of all of my ripping and re-knitting, today's song is by request. And it features, it features Adam as my special guest, since it's kind of in honor of him. Uh, today's song is by special request from the Let's Make Beautiful Music Together forum in the Craft Life group on Ravelry. And this was requested by Freydell. Freydell, this song's for you. Got your sticks. Get right to the fix. When a problem comes along, you must rip it. If you want to fix what went wrong, you must rip it. Once leave is far too long, you must rip it. Now rip it. Frog it back. Back it up. Don't be slack. You must go backwards to move ahead. When you detect it, it's not too late. Rip it. I say rip it. Rip it good. I say rip it. Rip it good. As 
As always, if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can email treacleandink at hotmail.com. You can find show notes for this episode, where you can also enter the contest on the blog at treacleandinketsy.wordpress.com. On Ravelry and Facebook, my name there is Treacle and Ink. And you can also join the Craft Life group on Ravelry. Or you can follow me on Twitter. I'm Craft Life. Join me in the next episode when, hopefully, I will be interviewing a special guest. Until then, thanks so much, and have a great week.